propolis is what bees create to protect their hive, and a very similar action is found in the buds of the black poplar tree. I'm Lauren Hubelay. I'm a health coach and I'm a gemotherapy expert, and I'm here to talk to you about the black poplar tree and its uses as a gemotherapy expert. Here with me is herbalist Terry Brooks. Terry, welcome. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Megan, and everyone watching. I'm really excited today. We've got some sun and I'm out encouraging the grass, <laughs> even though I know it won't be long before it has to be mowed. We're looking for plants that we can make medicine from and we're finding a few things. Great, glad to have you, Terry. And Megan, welcome. Hi, Lauren and Terry. It's wonderful to be with you. My name is Megan Lemp, and I practice acupuncture and gemotherapy. Wonderful. So I've called these two friends of mine and colleagues together to take a look at Black Poplar from three different lenses. And Terry's going to share with us what she can she's learned about Black Poplar as a tree. So Terry, what what can you tell us? It's the fresh buds of the tree that we're using for the extract, right? Right, that's correct. Popular, uh, poplar is in the populus genus, so its, it's Latin name is Populus nigra. It's the same botanical family as willow, but also aspen, um, cottonwood are very highly, highly closely related to it. This is a deciduous tree. It can grow up to 100 feet tall. It prefers sun to partial shade. And the leaves are triangular or heart-shaped um, with a little jagged notched edge on them. I had one here I was going to show you, and I don't know where it went. Anyway, the male and female flowers are growing on opposite trees. So this is considered a pioneer tree. It grows in low-lying ground. Never mind. It grows in low-lying ground and moist situations. And it's native to Europe, North Africa, Asia and the Middle East. This happens to be the most endangered timber in Britain because of the loss of the habitat. So when they've drained the swampy areas and so on and filled in, this tree has kind of disappeared. So it's, it's quite endangered in Britain. The buds of this tree spiral around the twig, which is somewhat unusual because often we see opposite or alternate, but these go around the twig. You can just kind of pattern them up and down the the branch like that. Um, when you break off a bud, it's quite sticky, especially this time of year in Minnesota. It's sticky. It, it's almost like getting pine sap on your fingers. And that is a good sign that there is this propolis, propolis or propolis that the bees use to protect their hives. It's also very um, balsam-like smelling. So you, in Minnesota, on a warm day in the spring, you can smell this in the air. The male catkins are reddish brown and they hang down while the female catkins are upright and they're kind of yellowish green. Um, the fruit, was a, we call it the fruit, but it's the snowy white cottony stuff that blows through the neighborhood every summer. Most people are really annoyed by it. But um, the bark of this young tree is usually whitish and smooth when it's quite young. And then on the older trees, it can be brown and sometimes has deep dark black or dark brown furrows or fissures in the bark. It looks very different than a young tree once it's older. 
This is a food plant for many kinds of caterpillars of moths, and it's an early source of nectar for the bees and insects, and the birds are what eats the seed. So um, I don't know if you can see this. This. Oh. Yeah, there you go. See how not ah. the edge of that leaf is. Interesting. Oh, that would be sharing that. Yeah. Good. Well, what about historical uses for this tree? Um, anything interesting you can share? Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know those Greeks and Romans and their mythology. They've got stories about everything. And sometimes you read partway through and you go, oh, this is cool. And then you go, what? <laughs> so this, the story, the story that comes with this one is that there was a guy named Phaeton and there was some disputed parentage, let's just say. He was teased by his friends about who his daddy was. And you can read it in uh, modern language or in ancient Greek, but he was very curious to know who his father was. He contacted his mom. His mom said, your dad is Helios, the sun god. And so he went to his dad and asked for proof or just show me how much you love me. Let me have a favor. And Helios was like, okay, anything. Yes, I'm really your dad. I'll give you anything. Let me drive your chariot. Well, Helios's chariot is what brings the sun around the earth every day. And he denied and denied and denied. And he kept begging. Phaeton kept begging. Finally, Helios gave in and said, okay, you may drive the chariot. But he warned him. He said, there'll be monstrous visions that you'll have. And it'll be horrible, horrible. And tried to tell him what all the problems might be. First off, Phaeton gets in and the horses take off because they don't feel the same weight of the usual driver. They head up to the constellations and that's the mystical, horrible creatures that he was warned about. Apparently the scorpion lashed his tail out and that caused the horses to go crazier yet. So they plunged toward earth and that scorched Afri Africa immediately turning it into desert. At that time, Zeus felt he had to intervene and he threw thunderbolts at Phaeton he fell to the ground dead. This is where it gets really, I mean, that's enough. But then his sisters were grieving so miserably that they were turned into poplar trees. Now, why? I don't know where the link is there, but, and it is said that the, the tears they cried were turned into amber. Mm -hmm. So that's the mythology. Um, the wood of this tree is finely textured and white and soft. And it was naturally springy, so it was often used for the base of a wagon um, or on the wheels of a wagon. It's resistant to fire as well, so they used it for floorboards and houses. Um, many other things, baskets, artificial limbs, wine cases, pallets, toys, all sorts of things made from this light springy wood. They used the seed to fill cushions and life preservers at one time. And... Um, it said that Napoleon had this special species developed, the Lombardy popple, and he lined his military routes with that in order to provide clear, um, what would you say, clear, uh, so he could see where he was going in the winter. And then also it provided the, the shade in the summertime. So uh, the plant has been used for thousands of years by many cultures for medicinal purposes and, and some like uh, famine type food. If they really needed something, they could eat the bark of this tree. 
I found a partial recipe for an ointment called populinum, and it's, we don't know what all the ingredients were, but it was definitely popple, salve, bud kind of material in this ointment. Interesting, interesting. So Terry, there's a lot of really interesting information about the black poplar tree, so many things I didn't know, but what about medicinal significance? What have you learned in that um, area? Well, as we've mentioned, I'm sure you'll mention again, the resinous sap of this bud has propolis in it. That is definitely used by bees to protect their hives. It's like a shield. And shields are one of the other things that were made out of this tree, which I find kind of interesting too, like family shields and crests. The other beneficial chemicals are salicin, which also comes from willow and the others. Part of that is um, what we get aspirin from. Tannins, flavonoids, and the actions of these medicines from this tree are antiseptic. So it kills germs, it's anti-inflammatory, diaphoretic, meaning it will cause you to sweat, diuretic, it will cause you to eliminate extra fluid, expectorant, I think we're looking at that really pretty seriously to help you cough things up. It will it does have a low, um, lowering of fever kind of effect, but mild, and it's stimulating and toning to the tissues. It's been used um, historically for teaching treating bronchitis, upper respiratory symptoms, stomach, liver, and kidney disorders, rheumatism, arthritis, gout. I mean, almost every body system looks to be influenced by this plant. Also, they would use it externally, as I mentioned, in this kind of an ointment under the nose and around the sinuses on muscle pain and so on. Native Americans have also used this for skin problems, lung ailments, including whooping cough and tuberculosis. So we get a good indication of there of what we might be using it for. Yeah, anything else on it, Terry? Well, I read a really large scientific study and it was published on our government's National Institute of Health page, where it basically stated the physiological and pharmacological and biochemical parts of this plant support all the wisdom of traditional use for these things that I've already mentioned. Um, it was good to see it in scientific writing, you know, there's the proof and they, I mean, if anybody wants more information about, about that, I can certainly provide a website, but it was quite extensive. Wonderful. Wonderful. Great. Well, let me move on to what we know about black popular once it makes its way into the bottle in a gemotherapy extract. Um, this is a really important extract that we're talking about right now because there is um, a virus that is causing a lot of respiratory inflammation and it's of serious nature, but it's also going to be an important extract that we remember every flu and cold season. So the primary action of black poplar is on the circulatory system. It's a vein protector. It's a harmonizer though. This is what's really important. It's a harmonizer of the arteries, particularly those in the lower, lower part of the body from you know, under the arms, in your rib cage downward. And it improves the fluidity of the blood, which is really important when we're dealing with inflammation and um, infection in the lung area. 
but it has a secondary in, uh, action too. And that secondary action is to harmonize the moisture in the body. It's one of the three extracts that we have in gemotherapy that is a moisturizing harmonizer. The other two are hazel and common alder. Because of this quality as a harmonizer, it resolves inflammatory states and it boosts immunity. Um, this harmonizing um, it causes the kidneys or encourages the kidneys to eliminate uric acid. So it does work as a diuretic as well. Then there's an indirect action of it. Um, because of the reduction of uric acid, we remove inflammation from joints where it's pulled up there and, and stagnant. Um, Terry, there was something that you said about this tree being um, a pioneer tree. And I think those trees really need to stand out in the field of gemotherapy. That mm -hmm. didn't mean that pun there. But um, because these are trees that can come into soil that is barren and doesn't have life in it, and they can re rejuvenate it and pave the way for further um, growth. And that's exactly what black poplar can do in the human body. So when I'm thinking about who might consider black poplar, my first use that comes to mind is this acute use, as this strong immune protection because of this um, propolis that is in, within the extract. And I like to see it combined with walnut. There's good evidence over the years of using gemotherapy in Europe, particularly among those in France and Belgium, to pair it with walnut as an immune protection. It creates a shield in the body. So prevention of inflammatory respiratory symptoms. And then in the later stages of acute inflammation of the bronchi, along with black currant, and in a rotation of other known extracts for resolving inflammation in the bronchi and lungs, it would be very appropriate to include black poplar. Then we also have chronic uses for it because we, we have a lot of people dealing with chronic bronchitis mm -hmm. and that have difficulty recovering from cases or they threaten pneumonia in uh, cold and flu seasons. So possibly alternating with another very good extract for protection in the lungs and bronchi would be hornbeam um, or sweet chestnut. These are some others that we can consider there. Then uh, it, it is known because of its action on the vein as a pre prevention from thrombosis. And um, I think those would be the main reasons I would use it in chronic cases. Just a couple notes, as I said, it's one of three extracts that manages, manages moisture. But there's two precautions, and I want everyone to be aware of that. The first is it shouldn't be taken by those who are taking blood thinners because that's its action is to increase fluidity of the blood. And because of its, um, um, the ingredients, even though there are traced um, properties of um, uh, salicin and salicylic acid, we, we want to save it for those over 25 and those who are not allergic to aspirin. So in acute circumstances, this is not an extract I would recommend for children. And I would see, because, and we have very good acting extracts to replace it for children, but I would see it in a, as an adult extract. 
So that's quite a bit. And Megan, I'm really looking forward to what you might see for this extract through the um, lens of Asian medicine. Yeah, Lauren and Terry, thank you for all that information. I think that this is an extract that we're all looking at very similarly. Black poplar is so important and it does two really interesting things, both increasing fluidity and increasing protection. It's a really interesting extract to me because it supports the well-being both of our most exterior layer and our most interior layer, but in really different ways. So the wisdom of poplar seems to innately know that in order to maintain our exterior health and our first layer of defense, we need to be kind of the same thing that we were talking about bees doing. We need to be sealed up and protected. And our interior health needs quite the opposite. On our interior health, we need movement. And as Lauren said, we need fluidity to remain helpful. And black poplar can do both of those things. So just like Lauren and Terry were saying, to reiterate that, the bees use poplar to make the propolis and they use it to build and repair and protect. And in this context, when we're talking about our body, we're talking about protecting the entrance of our system from external pathogens. And when we talk in Asian medicine, we have a really similar way of talking about the body's first layer of defense. And we call that Wei, W-E-I. And Wei is a form of Qi and it acts as a gatekeeper for the system. It's a surface layer of Qi and just like all chi production is always a function of the digestive system. However, it's the function of the lung energy that's responsible because it has the ability to spread the wei chi throughout the exterior of our body. And that's what allows the sealing up and the protecting of what we can think of as the cracks in the walls so that we can really have a sturdy first layer of defense. Again, similar to how the bees use it and make propolis. So when an external pathogen does enter our system, if our Wei Qi is strong, we will see the symptoms most likely remain pretty minor. If it progresses a little further, we're moving past what we call the exterior of the body, the layer of Wei Qi, and into the interior of the body, which is controlled by Qi and at a deeper level, blood. So we know that you've heard, probably heard me say multiple times, the nature of Qi is movement and problems and disease arise when she stops moving or even slows its moving. So when our system is compromised, the chi will either one, move in the wrong, so we might see when the lungs um, nature is to spread and descend, if the chi is moving in the wrong direction, we'll see cough. If our uh, digestion's moving in the wrong direction, we might see nausea. Those are examples of moving in the wrong direction. In this particular situation though, when the movement of our chi and blood of inflammation and heat start to set in, and because chi moves blood, the deeper the imbalance in the system, the more it affects the blood level in the body. And we know that blood provides the nourishment and the moisture for the whole body. So we can see that when inflammation and disharmony move deeper, we need an extract just like black poplar, at least at that time, to address and reestablish the smooth movement of the blood, and therefore it supports us in a deeper way.
Oh, wow. Megan, that was fantastic. I learned so much. And it, and it really brought all this together. Thank yeah. you so much for your contribution. Beautiful ladies, lovely talk about Black Popular. I so enjoy spending this time with you. If you want, you're listening, you want to learn more about gymotherapy, I'd love for you to head over for, to my website. I just got a facelift on it. So please take a look around. There's lots of good stuff to learn. And I have a new book out called Restoring Your Immunity Just in Time. So take a look at that. And um, Megan, where could folks find out more about Asian medicine? Yeah, if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about Asian medicine or about my practice, visit my website at acculamp.com. Great, Megan. And Terry, what do you have to share with everyone today? I'd like to encourage you to find this old book, Tree Medicine, Tree Magic. It takes a look at trees from a Celtic and Druidic perspective. A little bit of magic. We all need some magic, right? Yes. Ladies, it's wonderful being with you. Thank you, and I look forward to our next recording. Mm -hmm.